0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Health and Living with me, T. Ik. It's Doctor in the House today with my co-host, Dr. George Lee, consultant urologist. Hi, George. How are you? I'm
1: good. I'm just um, daydreaming there earlier on, wondering what happened to February. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs>
1: That's right. There. You know, tomorrow is the last day of Chinese New Year. Aren't you glad those musics are over now?
0: <laughs> In the blink of an eye, though. You're A- right. Absolutely. You're right. Um, but our shows continue. Absolutely. And today we are discussing dengue because a new dengue vaccine has received conditional approval here in mm. Malaysia. Our drug control authority has given this conditional approval to something called Q denga, And that's a dengue vaccine that um, can be given to those aged four and above. We'll be mm-hmm. finding out. Um, what exactly this vaccine is, vaccines, exciting stuff. how it works. Um, very exciting because dengue is still a huge threat Big in you Big in,
1: in, in our part of the world yes. and we really need to do as much as we can in order to stop people from getting infection and dying from it.
0: That's right. So will this vaccine be the game changer that we need? Um, Of course, people will be very concerned about how effective and safe is Mm -hmm. it and um, whether there will be issues with vaccine hesitancy. We want to encourage people to get vaccinated. Call us with your questions if you um, have your own concerns when it comes to getting vaccinated for dengue down the road uh, when it is available. Uh, The number to call is 03. You can also WhatsApp our U-Mobile number 18 or tweet us at BFM Radio. And to join us to shed more light on this vaccine, Dr. Ravindran Thayan, head of the Virology Unit at the Institute for Medical Research. Uh, Dr. Ravindran, thank you so much for joining us. How are you?
2: Fine, thank you, Shoei. Hello, Dr. George. Hello. How are you? Look forward to the topic.
0: So like we were saying, Dr. Ravindran, um, dengue, huge problem in this part of the world and in Malaysia. In fact, um, our health DG, uh, Dr. Radzi, recently reported that the first five weeks of this year saw a 65% increase in dengue cases compared to the same period last year. Now, this kind of statistic, of course, sounds very alarming. So can you put that into perspective for us in terms of what it means, right, in terms of number of cases and the burden of dengue? In Malaysia.
2: Yeah, you're right. Unfortunately, the case of dengue has increased this year, last sorry, last year uh, towards the year. Um, it is one of the most common viral infections. And the infection occurs throughout the year, basically. That it does not follow like a seasonal, like you know, some of the disease, other diseases. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and in Malaysia, it shows it shows a cyclic. Pattern every three to five years, uh, more so because when there's a change of predominating uh, dengue serotype. When I say predominating dengue serotype, because we have four different serotypes circulating in mm-hmm. Malaysia or in other countries as well. Uh, we do have all four circulating in Malaysia. Whenever there's a change in the predominating uh, serotype, which occurs three to five years, unfortunately, it can result in increase in cases whether it's outbreak or epidemic. Mm -hmm. So the thing is that last change of um, this um, serotype predomination occurred last year Mm -hmm. uh, and and, it's time with the introduction of, I mean, basically the predomination of Dengue serotype 2. And when we talk about Dengue serotype 2, uh, we know it is the most, I mean, if we compare with all the four types, one, two, three, four, Dengue type 2 has the highest burden uh, in Malaysia as well as in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. Burden meaning what? Pardon?
0: Highest burden meaning what?
2: I'm meaning uh, in terms of uh, um, infection, um, and, and also because of uh, severity. Because we know, basically looking at the past uh, experience as well as uh, papers, uh, um, publication, Dengue 2 has always been the major um, you know, uh, virus, uh, Dengue type, which has actually resulted in, in severity and, and in burden as well, compared to other types uh more so in in uh, you know in in uh, in southeast asia uh, so if you look into uh, just give you an example um uh, prior to uh, 2022 uh, we had about 123 and and 300 uh, 123000 cases which were reported in 2023 mm-hmm. uh, in which resulted in 110 in comparison in, in uh, the year before we only had 66102 cases mm-hmm. which uh, so, so this is actually uh, uh, the introduction and this resulted in increasing cases. In terms of burden, uh, in terms of burden, uh, when you say burden, the implication to cost of care as well as uh, uh, the, the control measures that we should have to take. It, it, you know, there's an estimate uh, in in 2015 there was a study, and it estimated to cost about US 175 million US dollar, which translate to what? 830 million ringgit, that was only for an estimated in 2015 study. By now, the the, the burden would have been increased, and unfortunately, uh, we know, basically looking into prediction, the burden is, 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 is increasing, where, uh, you know, currently, uh, if you're looking into the study in, in 2010, mm-hmm. um, the rate of dengue has been 161 cases for every 100,000 population, but um, the, uh, based on the prediction, it can, Go up to 940 cases for every 100,000 um, uh, population by 2040, which means there is going to be an increase in burden if if nothing is been done. So, um and and of course we know when you talk about dengue control, uh, we have the uh, you know vector control, but um, this uh, breakthrough of, of, of having a safe and efficacious vaccine is also very important as mm-hmm. part of the program.
1: Shari, it's, it's always interesting to find out why is there an increase in burden. Everyone blames it on climate change. Is that true? Is that uh, kind of a real thing that we we just have to kind of like uh, accept?
2: There are many, many factors because, uh, again, you know, in many, many factors. Uh, climate uh, can be there as well. as You know, um, um, uh, Urban migration, more people. Uh, a lot of factors. Basically, the the most important is um, the the uh, source of breeding sites, uh, as well as uh, you know uh, uh, cleanliness. And a lot of factors, and because population increase and, and all these will actually enhance a mm-hmm. lot of m- many factors, environment as well as behavior, and all this has got together. Mm-hmm unfortunately that's the reason yeah and also because when you have a change in the circulating uh, serotype as well as we know the virus can can sort of uh, acquire new over the time so they also want to survive so basically they can be you know basically the mutation which can actually reduce for certain things and all so Mm these are a lot of factors Mm -hmm. that can contribute to increasing cases
1: yeah i read somewhere that um even Kind of like um, countries that previously were not exposed to dengue are actually increasing in number as well. Is that true?
2: Yeah, basically, if you look into you know, we always thought dengue has been only in in equator tropical, but um, so there's part of, uh, you know, example a few years ago, Japan has not reported. Um, you know, they always report uh, important cases. People, you know, the tourists from Japan, Japanese tourists visit South Asia, and they go back. They may get infected because they bring. But there are also indigenous cases of de- uh, dengue happened uh, recently, about two or three years ago, which was very uh, unusual. Because which means, while I mean, there are mosquitoes, the mosquitoes are there, and they are infected with the virus. So that means. There is increase increasing the border or what we call as, uh, you know, basically last time we only escaped with equator, but now as there is impact of the climate. Mm. Uh, Earth, the borders gets, you know, the, the, the ability of the mosquito to breed in, in, in certain places where there's, uh, you know, um, the, because of the climate change and the ability uh, of, to sustain the, the virus as well. So the, the thing is that this is what what we were challenging because many other diseases, in fact, uh, you know, we also have reported of Jigunia, also another tropical disease mm-hmm. we can find in Europe. And this is part of uh, changes in the climate. So people mm-hmm. will, will have some impact to us as well. Yep. And, for-
0: and um, there is a tendency, of course, when diseases are endemic in our population, that it becomes something, we, we become complacent. So if you could explain, Dr. Ravindran, why we need to continue to take dengue seriously, especially if you consider the burden on individuals when they get the disease and how severe can it get?
2: So yeah, uh, because you see dengue uh, because uh, you know the vaccine is just introduced and we are not sure uh, basically it's going to be you uh, widely available uh, depends on certain gaps that should be uh, you know addressed. So while that is happening, uh, they uh, you know if, if you have fever, uh, basically we have fever You, know, you should actually visit uh, uh, a clinic basically. Uh, it could be a private or government to get uh, tested uh, and also be evaluated for uh, for, for the signs. Basically, um, it's very important because sometimes you know with the warning signs you can actually you know uh, you know it can also go into severe So basically, when you have um, symptoms, you should visit uh, um, you know um, um, medical personnel to get uh, further you know uh, evaluation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, just very quickly, can you explain um, when it comes to these four different serotypes um, that uh, the virus has? Uh, some people think that if I have had dengue once, it means I won't get dengue again. You know, there's some sort of immunity developed. Can you explain a little bit more about this to clarify?
2: That's very important because it also ties with the vaccine itself. Because dengue has got four serotypes. And when you're exposed to one serotype, you only get protection against that particular serotype. Uh, So the thing is there's no cross protection against different time. So, when that happens uh, in primary infection, when you get first infection with a dengue, um, then usually the symptoms are mild, usually not so bad, and you can recover in primary infection. However, the problem comes in, uh, not everyone, uh, basically, the problem comes in when you have a secondary dengue infection with uh, a different serotype. When that happens, uh, what happens is that when the virus goes into your body, um, uh, the thing is that the pre existing antibody, the antibody that uh, were actually uh, had And we can be exposed to the first uh, infection. It is still there. So there is going to be a binding between the pre-existing antibody which are not neutralizing. So for, for for looking into the immunization process, you have to have neutralizing antibodies that will neutralize the virus. In in this kind of situation, when you have a heterotypic uh, uh, infection, meaning that the you know the uh, the virus that is introduced a second time is different compared mm-hmm. to the previous um, infection. And when you have that kind of thing, is when you have the uh, viral particle uh, complex with the uh, pre-existing antibody is non-utilizing, uh, that's when um, what happened is that this complex, this um, antibody antigen complex will look, uh, will be have affinity to what we call as uh, in immune cells which has got something called FC gamma receptor. Mm. So in, in this kind of immune cells, they include macrophages, uh, monocytes, DC cells. And what happened is that um, this complex attaches to immune cells and they actually will replicate further. Um, when that happens, you know, our, our one way of our body, our immune system reacting is is the you know they will have uh, uh, you know basically uh, finding uh, they will have the immune response. Uh, there is what we call a cytokine storm, uh, which actually will actually have severe dengue, mm-hmm. uh, which results in immunopathology, basically like um, you know uh, vascular permeability, and and unfortunately, sometimes it can lead to death as well. So this is very important to be you know managed early.
0: So basically, our immune system just um overreacts did I get that um,
2: right? Yes, unfortunately, that's part of the uh, because it, it's trying to clear the virus, but mm-hmm. we know it is not possible because of the um, uh, the an- antibody is non neutralizing because oh, right. the primary anti- uh, antibody uh, mm-hmm. is non neutralizing because you have a different serotype. Uh, that's very important in dengue. So, uh, but having said that, not everyone with uh, secondary dengue infection are predisposed to severity. Looking at a uh, publication of our data, it's about five percent. For these 5% is not easy to, because there is certain uh, type of antibody, certain, um, you know, a class of type of antibody, basically. So not mm-hmm. everyone is supposed to see where dengue, mm-hmm. if you are getting a second infection.
0: But I can see why you would Mm. say, you know, if you have the symptoms, regardless, you need to um, seek uh, uh, medical care, right? Mm -hmm. Because you never know if you're going to be... Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, that overreaction, is that the cause of the fatality? Because obviously, we uh, come across people get dengue so often in Malaysia, but we know that most people recover. But yet, you mentioned 100 people died from the dengue. What is the usual cause of fatality?
2: sometimes unfortunately uh, they, they come late to the hospital basically so by that time you have uh, so it's very important once you have uh, uh, you know when a fever, headache, body ache should actually immediately seek at a, at a medical uh, uh, help and that's why the doctor will evaluate looking into uh, you know they can order for full blood count, They look for warning signs the warning signs can include uh, you know uh, abdominal pain, uh, persistent vomiting, mucosal bleeding these are all warning signs which will tell you they can actually go into severity so if they should be managed well during that period of time. Um, so, when you have cases like that, sometimes it could be uh, did it come? Uh, Late to the hospital, sometimes you know, when they're already in warning signs, and they already, you know, these are things that uh, you know unfortunately happen. Mm.
0: All right, we'll go for a quick break and continue this discussion when we come back. We haven't even touched on the vaccine yet, Mm. which is what we want to find out about. Um, in the studio with me, my co host, Dr. George Lee, and we are both speaking to Dr. Ravindran Thayan, head of the virology unit at the Institute for Medical Research, about the new dengue vaccine uh, that has been given conditional approval in Malaysia. We'll be right back on Health and Living, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, T. Shao Ik and my co-host, Dr. George Lee for our Doctor in-House segment today. We are discussing the approval, the conditional approval of a new dengue vaccine and joining us via Zoom to explain more has been uh, Dr. Ravindran Dayan, Head of the Virology Unit at the Institute for Medical Research. You can call us with your questions, zero three double seven double three two nine hundred. WhatsApp our U-Mobile number at 018. Seven eight nine double eight double nine, or tweet us at BFM Radio. So let's find out a little bit more about this new vaccine called Q and uh, has been developed by a Japanese pharmaceutical company, Takeda. Um, what can you tell us um, about this vaccine, and basically, how does it work, Dr. Ravindran?
2: Okay, so this this is a uh, uh, life attenuated uh, tetravalent dengue vaccine. Why is it so? Because of uh, four serotype, we have to include all the four serotype. Uh, the vaccine uses an attenuated dengue virus serotype two, uh, meaning that weakened virus, um, um, and as a backbone, which is very important. Uh, uh, like what I said, mentioned when you use a dengue type two backbone, I think the impact to uh, uh, to a lot of countries is very useful because uh, dengue type two has been the most, you know, has. Uh, um, impact to the uh, public health and it also includes the chimeric dengue type 1, 3 and 4. What what happened is that uh, um, only the uh, pre-membrane envelope gene of the uh, virus uh, dengue 2 has been removed. So basically you you have component of dengue uh, 1, 3 and 4 which is into the uh, backbone of the dengue 2. So overall there is tetravalent 1, 2, 3, 4 covered and because it is the main makeup is dengue type 2 so Highest protection is against ND2. Um, so, and because it's a live attenuated virus, uh, there is possibility of uh, still know uh, when you give to these uh, people uh, that the, the the advantage of using a live attenuated virus is because it gives you very good human response as well as cross-reactive T cell meditated uh, immune response and longer response basically.
0: Mm. And how effective uh, has the vaccine been from the data um, that we have seen?
2: So if you look into um, um, uh, the data that the uh, WHO shared, uh, basically, um, um, it, it has got um, um, effectiveness of, um, um, uh, so uh, uh, published data, the community vaccine efficacy over a period of five years, against virologically, confirmed dengue was 61.2%. So uh, this good, uh, against dengue-related hospitalization was 84.1%. So and and the thing is that the only thing is that the virus while seen with varied by zero status and dengue serotype. Um uh, so looking into that, when when they did a study, they have to look into um, a population of both zero positive as well, zero negative. And when you say um, zero positive, yeah. so, so sorry, instead, yeah. So when you say zero positive, meaning you have to give a population who have been already exposed to dengue. uh, So you give the virus, sorry, the vaccine. And then, uh, and people who are zero negative means they're they're naive uh, population. They have not been exposed to dengue and you also give the vaccine. So the data that they have currently has got good data for dengue type one and dengue type two, because when they have done the clinical trial, there were actually cases of uh, not circulating dengue type one and type two. Unfortunately, the data uh, uh, for zero negative uh, dengue type three and dengue type four was uh, lacking. Basically, that's the only thing. Otherwise, is uh, you know they have the other data as well. All
0: right. So just to. Um... Repeat again: protection of sixty one percent from symptomatic dengue and uh, being able to prevent eighty four percent of hospitalization mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in the cases. So, so this means that the de- the, the vaccine is able to both um, prevent somebody from getting infected uh, and as well as prevent severe infection. Am I right?
2: So, so, so again, you have to be very careful because when you talk about uh, that we also have to remember that, uh, you know, the data is against language type 1 and type 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you look into um, the WHO recommendation, they did uh, say you can, you know, based on the data, you can actually, um, um, you know, you can actually uh, say, WHO um, uh, strategic advisory group of experts, uh, and uh, say in high transmission intensity setting, the vaccine can be introduced uh, for children. Uh, but they having said that, um, do do we belong to that? Basically, you have to have the data, meaning that um, when you talk about high inten- a high intensity of uh, transmission, you have to have a age specific zero prevalence, meaning that um, at certain age of group you have the antibody exposed or not. So basically, mm-hmm. uh, that's something that we know we we know we are in dengue endemic countries above 30 we've all been exposed to dengue but the age specific and uh, you know looking into the younger children um uh, so that kind of data is not there but um probably we can you know look into the pilot study or things like that to don't get the data to move forward
1: mm-hmm. dr Rinda, can i ask a very stupid question is that good you know it's percent protection uh, comparatively to all the other vaccine for example compared to COVID vaccine um, you know is that, is that good? Because for me, it seems a bit low for protection. I know the protection is eighty uh, percent against severe symptoms, but I'm, you know, is is that
2: reasonable? I Obviously, got approved. But- yeah. So, so yes, because we see, it, this dengue is a it's basically a public health concern in many countries, and the burden of disease is worldwide. Uh, so this is a recommendation by WHO strategic um, advisory group in the in, in the absence of any, any any other vaccine basically so so this is so they do have a kind of a cutoff um, uh, looking into what they will consider can be approved so for for that kind of data mm-hmm. uh, uh, looking into that um, because more importantly um, you know the dengue related hospitalization that actually prevented 84.1% sure. so that yeah, very good. And, uh, and that also will relate to death, basically. So that's very important data. Mm-hmm.
1: Another silly question I would like to ask is that, you know, dengue obviously is age-old disease. And why does it take so long to develop a vaccine? Is it really that complicated?
2: Yeah, it's very important because a development of a safe and efficacious dengue vaccine has got few challenges. Because it composed of all four, I mean, the four uh, dengue serotype, uh, and you have to have to expect that, and because there's no cross protection between the serotype, meaning that you have to take into consideration all the ser- uh, dengue serotype have to have certain amount of neutralizing antibody, and and have, have a minimum amount of neutralizing antibody uh, to confer protection against each dengue serotype. That's the reason why it's important. Because of the another thing is that the phenomenon of ADE, the antibody dependent enhancement, like what I mentioned, uh, if you have uh, you know. You you may actually have a risk factor when you are infected a second time when you when you don't have, have the neutralizing antibody. So it's very important to have uh, a balanced response to all the 4-0 time.
0: So it's interesting so that, that you brought that up, George. The fact that it's taken so long mm-hmm. to get us to this point, because there was the denguexia vaccine, uh, which was developed previously, and then uh, faced uh, huge hurdles and problems. Well, basically problems because it was on, It's only effective in those who's pre- who previously had dengue. Uh, But if you had not had dengue before and you got that vaccine, you would actually increase the risk of severe dengue. Mm -hmm. How is this new vaccine different from denguexia, Dr. Ravindran?
2: Because, uh, uh, again, this is also looking into the SAGE recommendation, uh, of course, the previous dengue vaccine, uh, which was available, you uh, know, way back uh, a few years ago, uh, it, it is also indicated in the vaccine to be given to people who have been exposed uh, to dengue before because of the data from the uh, clinical trial. But for this, uh, because, you know, um, uh, to use that, it a, a few uh, This could be a little because when you look into, uh, you know, ask them, people to test it, it may not be cost-effective to do that. So the, so the use of pre-vaccination screening statute to limit vaccination to zero positive patients is not recommended uh, currently in WHO, which means there's no need for you to be tested. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you have uh, evidence of showing high intensity of uh, in a population uh, when you say that that um, uh, high intensity of op or dengue 60 percent and above uh, then you can actually introduce the, because uh, it also it will represent when you say about high intensity there might be evidence of exposure to dengue mm-hmm. so instead of having know a, a, a pre a pre vaccination testing is not possible because that will imp- that also will uh, induce costs. For the person who wants to be vaccinated, and it may not be you know uh, suitable in this scenario. Okay. So that's the reason why they went ahead uh, because 60% intensity or, or prevalence is good enough. But when you have that kind of data, uh, when you say 60%, meaning that's high intensity of uh, of uh, transmission. Um, so. Um, so the definition will be also looking into because we are targeting children right uh, we are targeting children six to uh, above uh, six to 19 years so you have to have the kind of uh, data among them uh, the prevalence data children data uh, or you can have the um, uh, looking into um, nine subjects uh, nine subjects against uh, what is lacking they do have a very good data for anyone and of course the best the the the, the most important um, highest protection is Dengue type 2 um, because of the backbone and followed by Dengue type 1. But unfortunately, in uh, in, in the Dengue, naive uh, population of dengue, uh, uh, looking into Dengue type 3 and 4, there's not data, no data. Mm-hmm. Because of that, either you do that uh, or you wait for, you know, basically um, a, a pilot study and get the data from there.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, shall we, if my memory serves me correctly, um, the, there was one vaccine that's produced by uh, Sanofi and then that actually had a little bit of legal issues with um, the Philippines government. So that was the
0: Deng vaccine right. that I mentioned. Can, yeah.
1: can you just uh, can it clarify a little bit why was there such a big hoo-ha back then? I mean, were there fatalities? Because I understood correctly that um, the Philippine government's quickly withdrawn it and then actually uh, there
2: were some legal challenges, right? Um, Unfortunately, because one of the (coughs) indication for use of the anglaxia was uh, you have to test uh, prior to use the vaccine. Uh, that means you have this only indicated for people who have been exposed to dengue before, the vaccine should be given to them. Um, so um, it was probably not done. Uh, so and, and some of the cases resulted in, um, unfortunately, severe dengue and death. Uh, I'm not sure how many deaths happened. Mm. And that's the main reason why it was withdrawn.
1: Right. That vaccine is no longer available.
2: No longer available. Mm.
0: So uh, when it comes to the new q dengue vaccine, um Where are we now after having um, the uh, conditional approval given by the Ministry of Health? um, What is the next step in terms of um, people being able to access it and who should be getting the vaccine?
2: So of course, we're looking into the WHO's recommendation. They did say it should be introduced for children between six to 16 years old age, uh, should be given to because uh, But having said that in high in intensity uh, of uh, uh, dengue or high prevalence of dengue or high transmission. So you have to have that data. When you define, when you say it is a high, uh yeah, transmission basically you have to have uh, um uh, you know data of zero prevalence as to dengue uh, or as well as the um, uh, hospital admission uh, data this is important but so where are we now um uh, we this, this data is missing, so we are not considered as, uh, I, don't, I don't know when you look into, Minister of Health will actually have to have this data before they can say, okay, we can introduce this in a, in a big program or you know, basically that. Uh, so, but having said that, uh, we know uh, the impact of dengue to many people and at the same time, many countries have gone ahead and registered this product um, in their country and, and there's a reason why conditional approval was given. Uh, so we hope that, you know, um, you know, when there are more data, which gives you, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, which is very promising data. Uh, currently, there, um, and then we can move forward before the next step. So, uh, right now, there are uh, facilities that can actually uh, uh, import the vaccine and, and for for use. But um, how widely it is not.
0: Ooh, that is you know, not
2: included into a immunization program. It, it is not because of the data. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Is,
0: Dr. Ravinder, we lost you for a bit there because of the connection, but you're saying it's not in MOH facilities yet and it's not yes. uh, yet included in the National Immunisation Program
2: for Children. I think we have the more data to support, yeah. Mm. But I, I think because see, having this vaccine is just a breakthrough. Um, sooner or later uh, basically it's just that the more data will come in, especially the, those among the age, you know, the younger uh, population, seroproluous data and also um, and, and and when you have that data, probably you will make a game-changer this vaccine. All right. Yeah. Oh. yeah, how many
1: countries actually had um, provided uh, this uh, conditional approval so far?
2: Um, um, I think a few countries already have uh, included, uh, allowed. Uh, if you talk about Asia, at least Indonesia and and, and, and Philippines, uh, talking about either US, European, many countries have already uh, put, I uh, mean, gave approval for registering the product in their country. Mm.
0: So uh, at some point, it will probably be available in the private sector and uh, that is for the private sector to um, uh, uh, purchase as well as uh, make it available uh, at cost to the consumers, right? To to people who product. are... But, but but basically, the recommended age is 6 to 16 years old.
2: If you look into the WHO's recommendation, yes, 6 mm. to 16.
0: Okay. Years old. All right. And, and just uh, a final note before we wrap up, Dr. Ravindran. Um, vaccination, of course, this one is a big breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but will it be sort of like that magic bullet that can, you know, eliminate dengue yeah. as a public health problem? Do you see other public health measures still being very important?
2: Yeah, very important question because this problem has been with us for so many years, and um, and uh, getting that's the reason why vaccine is a challenge for dengue because of the four type But uh, what this company has done, I mean, basically uh, they use a uh, dengue type two as a backbone. So we really hope this is the uh, you know uh, the 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 effective solution for controlling dengue. But while waiting, we also know because it's caused by a mosquito, there are other measures that we can be using, and among which is actually. Uh, community participation in reducing source of breeding size is very important everybody keep do the responsibility ensure uh, less breeding size of, uh, for mosquito and also uh, you're looking into the vector control there are new integrated vector control measures and Wolbachia is one of those uh, important mesh, uh, method uh, this is using a uh, naturally occurring bacteria in infected mosquito that has got evidence uh, basically in studies that was done in IMR there was evidence of reducing um, in, in where they was introduced in hotspots the acid reduction on dengue so while we are looking into vector control but of course vaccine uh, uh, safe and efficacious vaccine it is the final solution for them
0: all right. It's but it's uh it's that um, it's that thing that we keep being told to do right. Uh, clear the stagnant water in your compound mm-hmm. and don't let mosquitoes breed. Any um, final thoughts from you, George?
1: Well, I'm going to ask you a question again, <laughs> shall we? Oh, obviously.
0: You always do this. I, I do know always what you're do that.
1: Ask. I I know exactly what uh, you know exactly what I'm going to ask. But it's important, you know. Uh, a lot of listeners out there can relate to this. Obviously, this is exciting. It's all in the front line of um, uh, medicine, Doctor Randa. Do you? Know that Enosh you know, has a child who is exactly falling into this age group between six and sixteen. So, of course, you know I'm not going to put her on the spot to say yes, she'll uh, you know put her child forward or not. But I'm going to ask her to ask you the specific questions, um, obviously safety question. As a parent, especially putting a child forward for such vaccine, there's a lot of concerns. If shall we, you were to assure Shali about the safety and that sort of thing what sort of things would you what sort of messages would you put forward for parents in her situation
2: i think yeah i mean if you're looking into uh, we're going back to the recommendation and um i of course we know uh, uh if you're above 30 fine we have data you can go ahead uh because there is uh, uh of of that data missing in this age group Uh, whether you go ahead and all uh, I mean of course you have to look at the risk benefit uh, uh, you know uh, ratio and whether you know uh, this is going to be you know we always wanted the best for the child so um, it's individual um, uh, decision basically Um, not easy for me to comment now because you know basically unfortunately I'm sorry we don't have that if the age uh, group yeah, but it's, it's not
1: It's not an easy job because it is all new and then we're targeting 6 to 16 year old very vulnerable group very. of populations and obviously parents are concerned you know this this will be the challenges that um, you face and then you know you came up with um, statements saying that well yeah it is but we have to do it with caution so Shari, any other you know in order to convince yourself um, to put your son forward what other things would you like to find out?
0: That um, that data that Dr. Ravindran has said many times, right, that is um, uh, still need still um, lacking, basically, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, for that age yeah. group who have yeah. more, most likely not gotten dengue before, right.
2: right. Because of that, because I think we should encourage. Uh, I mean, at least in Malaysia, there will be some groups who are uh, some researchers will be keen to look into that. Mm. Uh, uh, because once we have the vaccine, they can actually, you uh, uh, know, or they can actually uh, basically uh, do a, a pilot study. Uh, either you can give the vaccine or looking into collecting or samples from. Uh, this group 6 to 16 yeah. uh, and for antibodies. So if you have the kind of uh, data that can actually support the further decision. Mm.
0: Anyway, um, one thing parents are very good at is um, finding out from their um, healthcare providers, mm-hmm. you know, they will be definitely asking their pediatricians or their GPs, mm-hmm. you know, it, and Giving them thousand and one questions: That's Do right. I really need this? Is it uh, safe or not? Yeah. So I feel like that is something in a in a parent's position I would do as well. Mm-hmm. I would find out
1: as much as possible. That's right. Would yeah. that also build that herd immunity amongst the newer uh, you know the new generation?
2: Definitely, because once more people take the vaccine, there will be, uh, you know, we see like how COVID, more people take, and then that's how the immunity uh, comes in. But of course, uh, that's best way of vaccination. But natural infection, because you get dengue, then you also protected by against only that particular type. But you know, the lack of data because some countries have already introduced quite some time ago, like Indonesia, maybe. I remember last year, so they may also have the data. So yeah. we also have the data that is happening in other countries, which also can be useful for our policy. Yeah, we,
0: we we do have the niece asking on WhatsApp. Uh, what do we know about the side effects that the child may face from the vaccination?
2: Uh, because usually, uh, you know, when you give the vaccine, the uh, because it's a life attenuated vaccine, so you may have fever, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, bruises at the, at the, at the side of uh, injection. Usually these are very mild because as uh, so a response to uh, any vaccine, uh, even if the other vaccine you give child, there will be something basically that.
0: All right. As a healthcare professional, um, George, listening to this, what mm-hmm. is your takeaway?
2: Well, I think... Um,
1: Importantly, we learn from any other countries who actually are ahead of us. I think to communicate those uh, information in a more digestible way for parents will be crucial. So communication, communication, communication. And then definitely this is potentially the game changer. The only way to make it successful is that the more number who are vaccinated to build that herd immunity. So therefore, in order to move forward, we really need to put some trust in, in the data and then and then also put some trust in the um, communication that is put forward.
0: All right. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today, Dr. Ravindran Thayan, Head of the Virology Unit at Institute for Medical Research and, of course, my co-host, Dr. George Lee. We've been discussing the conditional approval of the new dengue vaccine. This has been Health and Living on BFM 89.9.